0: A huge happy Mother's Day to all of the mothers, grandmothers listening to today's episode if you are here in Australia. Of course, Mother's Day is not this weekend outside of Australia, but for all of my Australian listeners, happy Mother's Day. I hope that it is a day that brings you great joy this coming weekend. Also, a quick shout out and a thank you to uh, the members, the Buy Me A Coffee members who help support this podcast Thank you to Victoria, Chloe, two anonymous members, Kylie, Sophie, Louise, Marie, Pam, Renee, Rochelle, Adriana, Lola, Jasmine, and Brittany. I appreciate you very much. If you would like to be one of the supporters of uh, Girl Next Door, you can do so by joining the um, Buy Me A Coffee membership. It is found either in the show notes, the link is there, or on my Instagram where you guys always come and chat to me. But on with today's episode, it's part three in our boundaries collection. Today, I want to talk, I want to give you, I love it when I can give you one handy little trick or tip. Uh, So today won't be super long, but I promise you it will be super helpful. It will not take me long to explain this to you, but I promise you it will make a massive difference in your parenting and it's a little Trick that you can use instead of bribes and threats and begging our children. Anything where we don't have to beg and nag sounds good, right? So let's do a quick recap. We've talked about why children and teenagers crave and need boundaries. We've talked about the different areas that we need to be setting boundaries as parents from anything from like verbal boundaries of how they speak to people right through to material boundaries, where they learn how to look after their and other people's things. And then we talked about lots of different practical examples. But today, you are going to love this handy little tip, which, like I said, is going to eliminate the need for you to be bribing, coercing, and it actually puts the behavioral ball back in your children's court without you shouting at them. And so anytime that we get to put the behavior back in their court is a really good thing. So last week I talked about how children who lack two things will struggle with boundaries. If they lack self-awareness and if they lack self-control, they're going to struggle with this whole concept of boundaries. So while we set up, teach and expect boundaries, we do have to be aware That some children are going to cope really well. Some children just naturally have good self control or they naturally have good self awareness, while others will push you and push boundaries to the limits. Now, I want to remind you and encourage you that if you have a child that does this, it is actually not a bad thing because often these children have incredible leadership skills as they grow older. And every child has been given a different personality. So our job is to tap into that. And while we still expect the same thing for each child, we need to understand that the strategies for each child is going to be a little bit different. Okay. So Cameron as a child is a really good example of this. He pushed boundaries all the time in every way possible. I mean, you know, the cane is now banned at school. Can you imagine a principal giving the cane to a child nowadays? But guys, when Cameron was growing up, how different are Cameron and I? I was like little miss goody two shoes. Cameron received the cane on many occasions, but he actually had this wonderful principal uh, at this Christian school that he was at where he got the cane. But his mum used to bring um used to sorry, he would bring his mum in and explain to him, but he also used to explain to Cameron, you've got incredible leadership skills if we can just guide you in this. So Cameron he did have incredible leadership skills as a kid, but unfortunately he would use them for bad. And so the principal and his mum were trying to teach him to use them for good. Um, I'll give you an example one day when the teacher asked him uh told him that he wasn't allowed to get out of the chair right and he kept getting out of his chair now again you guys are going to be mortified but the teacher actually tied Cameron to the chair i know i know but anyone who's like Cameron's of my age or older will go totally you could do that to kids back then and it was not considered um Abusive. It was just like this kid's driving me nuts. I'm going to tie you to the chair. Okay, I know that sounds awful, but anyway, that's what school was like in the 80s, guys. You know, we just would get over it. Anyway, you know what he did? He just got up with the chair tied to him and walked around anyway. That's the kind of child he was. His mum said he would incessantly ask about. Everything. He would ask why about everything. You know, it could be anything from like, well, why is a cat called a cat? Who decided to call a cat a cat? And his mum, my mother in law, would often say to me to this day, he was the hardest child to raise because he was just so inquisitive. But God used to speak to her and say, He's got leadership on his life. And so you don't want to stifle it, but you want to guide it. And so he would he found himself often having difficult bosses as well. Well, not difficult bosses, sorry. His bosses were hard on him. And his mum used to say, God is getting ready, you ready for something incredible, Cameron. You've got leadership on your life. And so please don't be discouraged if you've got a child who does push boundaries. It's not because um, you know, they're naughty. Uh, oftentimes it's because of Uh, you know, they might actually just be gifted in an area of leadership, but it doesn't mean we excuse it. Okay. So that's, that's the important thing. It's our job to still set up the boundaries, but to understand that each child is going to need a different strategy. So I'll give you another example when it came to my kids, because they were so different. When it came to the cot, when they were babies, Georgia was so obedient and she found the physical boundary of her cot a safety. But for Liam, the cot was a physical boundary to scale and conquer. So if I put Georgia in, she would stay there until I came in and told her sleep time was over and she would just look at me and I would lift her up and take her out and off we'd go. Liam, whole different ball game. Uh, he decided that when sleep time was over, it was over. And he did not wait for me. Even from the age of about 14 months, he would climb up, throw himself out, and oh, yes, I mean throw himself onto the floor and come out to me. Now, I did not change my expectation. What we expect from our children should not change just because it's harder to get one child to obey over another. It would not be fair to make Georgia stay because she was obedient, but allow Liam to set his own nap times because he pushed the boundaries and didn't care about the consequences. So I did understand too, from talking to um, friends of mine, I remember talking to a really wise older mum who had two boys that were very similar to Liam, also, by the way, are in leadership positions to this day. And she just was really good at helping me to understand that some children might need um, a little bit more rope or a little bit different kind of boundaries. So where Georgia would be happy to sit on her play blanket at church in front of me and she wouldn't move... Liam just couldn't cope with that. So I would set slightly different boundaries for him, but I still set boundaries. So for him, I'd let him go from one end of the road to the other, but not outside of that. So can you see the difference? I still set boundaries, but I understood that my children were very different and needed different things. It But it didn't mean that one got boundaries and one didn't. And while obedience is a big part of teaching boundaries. Another uh, huge part is teaching our children to have self-control. It is such an incredible life skill that will be useful to them for the rest of their lives. So Liam, for example, was very impulsive and he struggled with boundaries in every area. And he really possessed very poor self-control, whereas Georgia Uh, naturally had a lot of self-control. So for example, and I am getting to it guys, I'm getting to the handy trick, but I've just got to build up to it. Okay. But for example, when I would take him food shopping and he would stand in the trolley, I remember, oh, so mortified. He would, um, he would stand up and watch everyone that came the other way and he would love talking to them. And something he often would do would he would, he would flick his two fingers out in the peace sign, not the rude sign, the peace sign. And when people would walk past, he'd be like, what's up, yo, yo, right now, while that was funny, it was actually a little bit rude, especially if he did it to older people. I'm like, oh my gosh, how embarrassing that my child does this. So he was going beyond the verbal boundary that we had set for him. Another example is when we would put him in his big bed at nighttime, he would get up at around midnight and he decided that come hell or high water, he was going to sleep in our bed. And I was heavily pregnant with Ashton at the time. I was exhausted. I could go on and on and on. He just pushed boundaries every minute of every day in every single area that you could think. So I did several things to teach Liam self-control, but I'm just going to focus on one of them today. And it's a handy little tip, very similar to the one that I spoke about. Um, I can't even remember what episode it was, but I spoke about this little tip of sitting on their hands, especially when they're in the car and, you know, they they're having a tantrum or they're having a fight with their sibling and you're driving, so you can't do much about it. So I taught you about how to get them just to sit on their hands for to gain self-control. For however, many, however old they are, they sit on their hands for that many minutes. Amazing tip. Go back to that episode. So it's on a similar line. And this trick helps children to very quickly gain self-control when they need it most and when you need them to have it most and it does not require you to beg. It does not require threats from you. And so you're not reacting out of anger. You are just able to give this very easy, uh, little direction directive, and it just calms the situation down. So when your kids are struggling to control themselves, or they're about to lose it, guys, I need a drum roll. You simply get them to fold their hands and work on getting, while they work on getting some self-control. And yes, literally use that word self-control. I always taught my kids that word self-control. It's a fruit of the spirit. I showed Liam this word in the Bible. So, you know, take a minute to explain to them what self-control is. Guys, I'm telling you, this little handy trick is flipping magical, just like the are sitting on the hands in the car. It's very similar. Just saying to them, Um, And I'll give you an example in a moment, but you know, I want you to fold your hands while you work on getting some self-control. You actually use those words. It short circuits what they were about to do. Okay. You got to catch them before they're in full blown mode. Otherwise you've lost them, but it short circuits what they're about to do. It diverts their attention and it only takes one to two minutes They know then that self-control begins with folding of their hands. So it's like a concrete way to show them what calmness looks like. Because, you know, often we'll say to a kid, calm down, settle down. And they're like, they don't know what that means. So you're actually showing them a concrete way, like by getting them to just fold their hands, clasp their hands together, um, even to look at them. Sometimes just the act of looking at them really helps as well you are teaching them a concrete way of, oh, this is what calm is. This is what mum means. Now, guys, a really young toddler can do this. An 18-month-old is able to do this. So why on earth does this simple thing work? The reason is we all know that kids are full of energy and usually their energy is going in the wrong direction. That's why they're about to lose it. You want them to do something. You set a boundary. Well, you know they're children. They're not necessarily being naughty. They're just acting childlike. And they're full of energy, and that energy has to go somewhere. Usually, it goes out via their behavior. But this simple act of folding their hands means that their energy is going into that. You have, in effect, rediverted their energy. So, when you give the direction, also don't forget to get them to say, Yes, Mum. Remember, I taught you that with first time obedience, if you're not sure what I'm talking about go back to the first three episodes of when I started parenthood and I unpack first time obedience. So you can do this if siblings are having a fight, you know, you could say to them, for example, you two are not speaking nicely right now. We're going to be quiet for a moment, fold our hands and get some verbal control. Yes, Mum and then obviously they do it and then you hear them say yes mum. If you want to know why I get them to say yes mum, go back to that episode, okay? Now, for another example, a child might be throwing a tantrum in his pram. So you say to them, I want you to fold your hands and tell them to look at their hands. I want you to fold your hands. Mummy wants you to look at your hands while you get some self-control and calm down. Yes, mum. Now, it only takes a minute or two for them to sit like that. Okay. Now let me warn you though, a child who has not learned to obey your voice, your word probably won't listen to you. So you're going to need to go back before these little tips help, like the sitting on of the hands or the folding of the hands in this case, you're going to need to go back to my first three parenthood episodes where I really unpack first time obedience, because you've got other issues on your hand before you can address this one. All right. So this is such a great little tip that can be used anywhere like at cafes. I mean, it can be used at home. You know, when you're going out to grandma's house or a friend's house, when you're at the shops, when you're waiting at the doctor's office, when your child's sitting in their pram, when you're at church, absolutely anywhere. The key of course is to get them before they completely lose it. Any child that's completely losing it, they're going to be too too charged up to calm down. Okay. So you need to catch them before there's a full blown like issue happening. And you can see it because it usually starts and escalates. Now, just remember what you're doing is you're redirecting their energy from something that's unproductive to their hands, something that is productive. And this is the first step toward them learning self-control. And once they've gained self-control, which like I said, it only takes one to two minutes, then you've got their attention and you can redirect their behavior. And this is where it's a really good idea you know, to, um, while they're holding their hands, think to yourself, okay, how can I redirect their behavior in this moment? Get them to do something else. Now, of course, when you first teach this, don't do it in the middle of an episode. Like if your child you've given them the direction, you've given them a boundary, um, and they've, you know, losing self-control, don't in the moment scream at them, you know, fold your hands right now. They're going to look at you like, what? what does that even mean? Like, they're not going to understand. So teach this when they're calm, all right? Even make a bit of a game out of it. Make it a little bit fun. You know, you might be sitting at the tea table together and you're like, okay, so, you know, Um, if you hear mum say to you, I want you to fold your hands, I'm saying it to you because, and you just explain to them about self-control however you want to explain it. And so you get them to practice. So that way, when you're in a situation, when you need it, you've already got it. They already know what you're talking about. It's a skill that you've been practicing. And so you'll find that they very quickly will do it because they understand, remember what I always say, the why behind the what. And so if this was me now with my kids and I was teaching this to them, I would definitely be teaching them the why. I would be teaching them about self-control and why it's an important um, skill for them to have and how it's going to help them. And so when we fold our hands, you know, you can talk to them about energy. Sometimes we have lots of energy and we don't know what to do with it. So when we fold our hands, it's, I mean, you could have fun with it. It's like an electric current and it's running through to our hands instead of running off to do something that we shouldn't be doing. So get creative with the way that you talk about it. Um, Talk about it positively. It's not a punishment. You're actually giving them a life skill and this is a gift to our children. So I hope that that's helped you. There you go. We almost hit the 20 minute mark, but um, just it's such a handy little tip. Give it a go. And why don't you come and Uh, jump into my DMs on Instagram, go podcast, and let me know how you go with it. And just, of course, this is also a great reminder about the sitting in their hands when they lose it in the car. So there you go. Now you've got two handy little behavioral tricks, and it means you haven't lost the plot and gotten angry. This will bring peace to you, peace to your child and peace to your family. And who knows, we could all do with a little bit more of that. So on that note, guys, I love you all so much. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing these episodes with your friends. I know I'm constantly getting messages or you guys coming and talking to me about how it's helping or helping your friends. Uh, And also, if there's anything in particular that you would like me to address or talk about, make sure that you come along and, uh, and let me know and I will see what I can do. Anyway, have a wonderful Mother's Day and I look forward to being back with everyone on Wednesday. Until then, have a great one. Bye.